Well, howdy. Welcome into chapter six of Reset. This is Born of the Spirit. Uh, my name's Robert Wood. I'm the worship pastor here at the Fellowship Church, but you probably know that already. Just want to say thank you to the great job the other directors and shepherds have done so far on this podcast. It's a really exciting time to be a part of this team. If you haven't listened to the previous chapters, please go back and listen to them now. Uh, again, we're in chapter six, and it is discussing being born of the Spirit. I'm going to start this chapter um, with a quotation from the book, where he says, Without question, the greatest need we have in this hour is for men and women who are full of the Holy Spirit. We are not lacking gifted singers, communicators, songwriters, song leaders, or massive corporate songs. They abound more than ever. What we desperately lack is the mighty presence and power of the Spirit flowing through yielded vessels. The Holy Spirit makes all the difference. I'm convinced that even the most unskilled and unqualified person, if they have yielded to the Holy Spirit, can accomplish far more than an army of people possessing all the natural gifting and charisma in the world. We are in desperate need of true worship leaders. The difference between a song leader and a worship leader is the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I identify with that as being true. I have known song leaders and I have known worship leaders both. And I've even known worship pastors. And I feel like they're all different tiers of responsibility in the Spirit. And um, I had a guy, <laughs> I had a guy a few churches back who started singing in the middle of a worship service, unsolicited and not on key. But his the way he was pouring himself out to God and singing with everything he had, um, it was just so powerful that it really shook the room. Every person in that place immediately started worshiping in a way that they had not been that day because of the way that this guy was just pouring it all out and leaving it at the altar. And that is a testament kind of what he's talking about here is, you know, we affiliate in our minds the greatest worship songs and the greatest abilities with um, the most powerful moments, right? Um, and we confuse a lot of times talent um, with leadership, you know, and someone can come in and have a great gifting and, you know, really can't, couldn't even necessarily run a worship department or not necessarily be able to run a church um, because that takes a shepherd, that takes someone who's going to actually build something in other people beyond themselves. And this is not an accusation of any gifted person out there by any means. Um, I know plenty of them as well that are entirely humble before the Lord and are great leaders. Um, but what I want you to be able to do in your mind right now is separate those two things. And what we're looking for here at the Fellowship Church aligns with this statement. We are looking for people who can come in and lead other people into worship and not into another concert. Have you encountered both of these leadership styles, we'll call them? Have you ever had a rapid succession where you saw someone lead you in a song and then a day or two later go up and worship with someone that led you to the throne? It's two different universes. I've been affiliated with multiple churches that thought you could simply hire anybody, saved or unsaved, to lead a congregation in worship. In fact, the head of my ministry at an old church where we used to lead was told early on by another pastor that the best thing to do when trying to plan a church or build a creative ministry was to go out Friday night or Saturday night and recruit people at local bars. 
And that pastor even gave some good bar suggestions for where you could find, uh, you know, singers and musicians. Leading worship is not singing cover songs. And I imagine many of us have the hurt of betrayal that comes when we have been led by someone who is proclaiming what they do not believe or someone who is not living for whom they are singing to. The presence is a person. I want to give a few readings and takeaways from this point in the chapter. Here's my first quote. Everything with God begins and ends in relationship. The Holy Spirit is no different. His power is not released when we figure out the right formulas, the right performances, or the right religious rituals. His power is released when we, be, uh, when we begin to walk in right understanding and right relationship with Him. Page 60, I think, is where that is. And this may seem very basic and elementary, but if we don't keep the presence connected to the person of the Holy Spirit, we miss the invitation to know Him and to move with Him. He is not a mist, a cloud, a vibe, or an atmosphere. He is a person. I have to admit, it made me laugh a little when I thought of how we reference the Spirit of our God sometimes. It would be crazy to be like, wow, Rob was so present in that room. (laughs) If I was not physically in the room, that'd be a really weird statement to make. We cannot detach the presence of God from the person of God. Back to reading. When we say the presence came so strong, it means the person of the Holy Spirit came so strong. Many of us have been tragically trained to see the Holy Spirit as an optional extra-Christian quote-unquote experience reserved only for the charismatics or the super-spiritual. Many more have unknowingly limited him to one-time encounters that happened during an altar call or something like that, a ministry time or a youth camp. But he is infinitely more than that. He is the abiding relationship every believer was meant to walk in every day of their lives. We were never meant to do life, ministry, or leadership without Him. All right, Jeremy goes on page 62 to talk about Christian leaders as really not leaders, but as followers. This is so good. The best leadership we see in the Bible are those people who most closely followed God. Many times we can relate with biblical heroes in the moments that they decide they are at the helm. They are driving the wagon, and shortly after, their failure appears on the pages of the Bible. Let's be glad that our lives are not broadcasted in the chapters of Scripture. Amen. Romans eight fourteen through 16, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. This is what I want you to hear right here. Verse 15 brings out Jeremy's point even more. We have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. How can we cry, Father, to something distant? How can we call out Abba to a mystical, vaporous vibe somewhere, something? I think I got goosebumps one time some person at an imaginable distance. No, He is a person, He is with us, and He is ready to lead us safely on if we will hold up our bargain in the relationship and be attentive to His Word and live by His Spirit. We need to live fully yielded. And that's what he talks about on page 64. This is a sticky topic for many. As Jeremy says on page 65, talk of surrender is popular, public example is rare. I'm going to say that again. Talk of surrender is popular. We sing about it in songs. 
We sing I Surrender All. We sing um, Hill Songs I Surrender. We sing a lot of songs relating to this. But the public example of this surrender is hard to find. Public surrender around us in worship can even be uncomfortable to the most seasoned saint. However, Psalms 127.1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Are we willing to admit that we at times or even currently have labored at our own houses, at our own reputations, and have had unhealthy possession of our churches, ministries for the sake of our own glory? Page 64 goes on to say, The greater the yielding, the greater the power. But no yielding continues to equal no power. A couple of definitions of the word yield. I'll give them to you here. First, uh, give right of way to other traffic um, is one way we can yield. And even my four-year-old knows that. That's the yellow light. Another, relinquish possession of something or give something up. Yielding in traffic is not a a one-off occurrence. We can't yield at only one stop sign and be done for the day. (laughs) We can't yield um, once and be through. It's a continued state of being that as long as we want to be moving forward, we must also be willing to give right of way to the Holy Spirit of God to lead us daily, hourly, away from ourselves, from our flesh, from our self-consumption, out from darkness and into His marvelous light. We as worship department have tried to impress But impressive production or music has never changed a single life. One touch of heaven in a moment that brings every natural soul in a room into touch with the supernatural can change hearts and lives for all eternity just like that. And we've seen him do it. My question to you today is this. Are you yielded? And any of these questions and statements I'm making here, I am applying to myself and I am convicted myself. I'm asking Rob, are you yielded? Let's search our hearts right now. Let's do it together. What areas in our friendships, yours and mine, in in our ministries, yours and mine, in our sermons, in our services, yours and mine, in our marriages, are we unwilling to relinquish control of? Because it's too painful, because it's too scary, because of what others might say, because it is too hard. Let's make this chapter practical now. And today, let's focus on Jesus as a person. The presence is a person. I would ask you to take time today to invite him into the conversation. I'm guilty of holding staff meetings and production programming meetings where we are mapping out plans for his body, but not asking his opinion about any of it. Give yourself the ability to pause today, right now, and maybe instead of blurting out your emotional response to something or your plan, say this, Jesus, what is your will in this situation? What is your plan? What is your desired outcome? I am certain that the moment you yield in this way, His direction and His Spirit will be evident to you. Let's pray. Jesus, you are not a faraway mystery, but a person that is near to us today. I thank you for that. Help me to yield right now to your will for my life. Help me to yield right now to your purposes for my family, my church, and my work. Whoever is listening to this right now, I ask for them and for myself, that you would give us emboldening, empowering Holy Spirit to come and give us the strength to give you control of the areas that we have taken away from you or never even given to you. Lord, help every meeting, every rehearsal, every service, everything that the fellowship does to be about you. You are trustworthy, Lord. Help me to lead by following you. Amen. Amen.